Welcome in Braves Today podcast. I'm Ben Taylor. That's Lindsey Crosby. It's all brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com, promo code CHOP for your risk free money. Coming off of a sweep, that's risk free money. If you bet on the Braves for sure over the weekend, <laughs> and uh, Braves and cards as uh, the Braves continue. Uh, one thing that I didn't point out, we were talking about this beforehand, uh, Lindsay, is the Braves are right now in the midst of basically a long stretch. They will be playing up until the 13th uh, without a day off, wherever mm -hmm. where everybody else. The Padres coming off of a day off, so they'll have some rest as they come into Atlanta. Uh, the Braves with no days off until the 13th and until interleague play begins for the Braves wherever when they take on the Royals after the Red Series. Uh, so right now it's all about staying healthy, staying focused, and – what a better way to do it than to come off of a sweep against the Cardinals. And not only a sweep, a sweep that wasn't really in doubt. Atlanta scored multiple runs in the early innings in all three games, had a lead. I don't think they ever trailed in the entire series. And mm. it's something where Atlanta, it's, for some reason, just seems to have St. Louis's number. Uh, the Cardinals had not been swept <clears throat> at home since August 3rd through 5th of 2021. And that sweep was also by the Atlanta Braves. Wow. Atlanta has won 17 of the last 22 regular season games against the Cardinals. I don't quite know what it is. If they just, they like hitting in front of a good baseball crowd, or if it's the starting pitching they, they take advantage of, but Atlanta's hitters, everybody came out hot in this series. Uh, we saw tons of home runs. We saw a pattern just about every day of Ronald Acuna Jr. Gets on base, steals second, and then Matt yep. Olson hits a double and drives him in. So, Great offensive performance. Really happy with what we saw over the weekend. I will say this. I, I'd said something that we needed, and, of course, he ended the series uh, two for four as far as the last game of the series was concerned. Need Austin Riley to pick it up a little bit and, and get hot. He did in this series. Uh, it looks like he's headed in the right direction, trending in the right direction. Uh, I'll ask you about any surprises over the weekend, uh, one of which because he was hitting the ball with so much power in uh, in spring and, and well, two, two guys that I'm really want more out of, uh, Marcelo Zuna, who is not doing well whatsoever. And then, uh, Eddie Rosario also, uh, wore the collar again, as far as today is concerned. That's just a little surprising to me because he was picking it up towards the end of the world baseball classic. And I kind of thought he would come in on a hotter streak than what he is. Eddie Rosario, to me, feels like a guy that needs to play more consistently than he has been. You saw mm -hmm. Kevin Pillar get a start. You saw Marcelo Zuna get two starts in left in the last, you know, like since the season started. And Rosario, to me, really feels like that guy, kind of like in the playoffs in 2021, where when he can play every day, he can get into a groove and he starts to produce. And that was one of the perks for him of the World Baseball Classic. He's got 10 plate appearances on the season, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so... Out of six games, 10 plate appearances, whereas a guy like Marcelo Zuna has 16, and Eddie Rosario has three hits to Marcelo Zuna's one. So mm. if it's me, I'm working out a little bit different way to, to work the DH left field platoon. And I have to point out, like it, it, it deserves mentioning, Travis Darno is a pretty good DH so far this year. He yep. has been very, very good in that DH role to the point of, like his stats, when he's a starting catcher, he's two for 13, 154. When he's a DH, he's eight for 13, batting average is 615. So yep. let's get Sean Murphy in the game a little bit more so his bat can come alive. Let's let Travis Darno DH a little bit, uh, and let's find a way to keep Marcelo Zuna off the field if at all possible. 
Listen, that it has become that that platooning left field thing. I've not been happy with it for years as a fan. Uh, I just I come from the the old school of let's get three solid outfielders that work well with one another, that communicate well with one another. You're going to need that when it gets playoff time anyway. Uh, you were giving me a statistic that right now the way too early predictions for play, for the Braves to make the playoffs are what percentage right now? 99.3%. <laughs> I like our odds right now. There's a lot of season left. Whereas we had a fantastic June and July of last year, let's not go the other direction in June or July this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and – the weirdest part about platooning Eddie Rosario, like when you look at his career numbers, and this is granted, this is career and not recent, but he's a 270 hitter against righties. He's a 271 hitter against lefties. Now the power's different. He's about 85 points lower in slugging against lefties, but the batting average is the exact same. So I don't really know what you're protecting Eddie Rosario from no. versus trying to give Marcelo Zuna a chance to put it together, his third or fourth or fifth chance. At this point, let's just eat the money, get the roster spot flexibility, and let Eddie Rosario play every day. And when you look at probables as far as uh, projected lineup going into this San Diego series where it's going to be at home, uh, they're going to want the – it's it's the home opener. So they're going to mm-hmm. want their stars playing. They're not going to give guys days off. Uh, I'd said if you're going to platoon uh, – and, and I'd mentioned to you before too, talk about getting Eddie Rosario more regular starts – uh, he can play right too. Uh, I really think Acuna is going to need some rest. He's he's not going to be able to go at this pace just because he goes all out on every play. Uh, with this past series, you mentioned it. Acuna getting on, stealing second when he didn't. If it was a double, it was uh, one time. It was a double in the gap, and I mean he clearly scores he made from first. first. Yeah, he scores from first on a double in the gap, and uh, that kind of energy. I know everybody goes, "Oh, he's young, he's fine." I'm telling you, at 162 games. That's going to jump on his back before it's all said and done with. And so I think you can start as the season goes on. Rosario can do left for a couple of games in a series, then give Acuna a day or two off and put him in right. Maybe he gets a little – I just – I like the potential of Eddie Rosario. I hope he didn't peak whenever it got playoff time last season. I hope that he's got more in him. Uh, we saw it in the World Baseball Classic, so mm-hmm. I look forward to that. But Acuna continues to prove he's already got MVP numbers. If you're looking at, at the most valuable player for the National League right now, I mean, he's got to be the guy in the way too early predictions of this is the guy that's going to be standing at the end of the season. I mean, I think right now he's 8 of 22 with two home runs, three extra base hits. Uh, he's two for three on stolen bases. And it's it's just, like we said, I think last time, him leading off sets the ga- the game on such a tone right up front because you have to be locked in and engaged from the very first pitch. And so few pitchers are. We've seen so many issues. We saw Jared Schuster on Sunday against the Nationals struggle in the first inning across baseball. It's a thing. You see first inning pitching performances not be up to par. And Atlanta's scored multiple runs in the first or second inning in just about every game that they've won so far this year. And I think a lot of that is the Ronald Acuna effect. He hmm. keeps getting on base. Uh, the pitcher has to be perfect out the gate. He's not necessarily perfect out the gate. And then right behind him, you have Matt Olson and Austin Riley, who also have been hitting the snot out of the ball the yep. last couple of days. And so it just means the, the ceiling of this lineup is so much higher because of what they can produce on offense. And then he showed that he can have plenty of assists from the outfield over the weekend. He would throw in runners out at second and at home. Why would you even run a run of the Cunha at this point? After after it happened once in the game, why would you do it again in the same game? It was something 
Atlanta had some really good, like on that note, really good defensive performances. We saw Michael Harris making a catch up against the wall. Dylan Dodd had a no hitter going. And the first hits in the fourth, it drops between Riley, Arcia, and Eddie Rosario uh, for, for a hit to ruin the no hitter. And Eddie Rosario picks the ball up and guns out Paul Goldschmidt at home. And mm-hmm. so, like, even when things don't go right for Atlanta, they're going right for Atlanta defensively. And so, uh, very, very impressed with what I've seen from the defense and the offense, and for the most part, the pitching staff as well. I can't believe because on that first game of the series, there was a there was a uh, a ball hit to right, and it was a blooper that Olsen couldn't get to. Acuna came up on, and the runner went first to third. And if the throws on the mark, Ronald throws him out at th- mm-hmm. at third. And that was at the point where I was like, okay, the arm strength is there. It was way off the mark. So they were just like, even the announcer at the time said, oh, he's actually going to try to throw him out. And if the ball's on the money, he actually does throw him out. Now, he threw it up the line. Riley had to come off the base and he had to go go get the ball. But even as Riley's fielding the ball, the runner still has not started his slide. He would have been, I mean, he'd been dead to rights. And he was not supposed to be. That ball was hit too far away from Ronald. Ronald went up just – picked it up and just unloaded and that's when I was like okay so the arm's fine and sure enough two games later he proved it when he threw a couple of runners out so let's move on from there is a great series win uh, a great sweep as you said first time it's been done in a couple of years and the last time it was done against the Cardinals was with the Braves uh, it's a great nugget there uh, any surprises from over the weekend that you might have seen from I, I told you I like the fact that our young staff went out and you could have easily chalked that up as to be a We'll take a 50-50 win or loss, but getting wins out of that, I, I think, is great. Yeah, Bryce Elder comes out a little bit shaky to end the National Series, recovers really well after that first inning. Dylan Dodd goes out and doesn't even have that shaky first inning. Uh, just has a, you know, gets the win, three strikeouts. I think his ERA is 1.8 right now. He's lined up mm-hmm. to get the last game of this four-game series against the Padres. He'll face Seth Lugo on Sunday. Uh, it's just very impressed with both what the uh, the starting rotation has done and what the bullpen has done. You've seen a lot mm-hmm. of situations. Nick Anderson coming in. You've seen AJ Mentor get a save. You've seen Colin McHugh take a situation just on on Wednesday with multiple runners on base and two outs, and you're facing oh yeah the reigning MVP and yeah. Paul Goldschmidt, and he gets them to ground out and, or pop out. And so very impressed with what they've done. I'm a little concerned about the workload for the bullpen. I think that's something to mention or something to yeah. watch later in the series. You mentioned the Braves haven't had an off day since right after opening day. So as we get deeper into this, especially with not knowing who the Friday starter is, uh, that is still mm-hmm. TBD right now. I think it's something to watch for is what is the workload in the bullpen? How many guys are throwing back to backs? And, and, can you get good innings out of your starters? You feel good about Spencer Strider for the home opener, but mm. who pitches on Friday? How deep can they go? And then Charlie Morton on Saturday, how deep can he go? Uh, scuffled a little bit in, in his start. So something to watch for there is is what the bullpen does late later in this series because of workload. Dot will wrap it up on Sunday for the probables for San Diego. You got Snell, who's got a 6.23 ERA right now, uh, and he will take the mound against Strider in the home opener for the Braves. Then it's Martinez against, as we said, we don't know who could be by platoon. I don't know what. I hope it's not by platoon just because of what you just said. The bullpen yeah. already is going to be not necessarily strained right now, but come next Tuesday, they're going to be strained if they have to throw together a bullpen game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Charlie Morton will face off against Waka. 
uh, and uh, and the Padres on Saturday, and then wrap it up with Lugo and Dodd on Sunday. Uh, Lugo right now seems to be the guy that's their man for, as far as being on the hill for the Padres. Yeah, he's been most effective so far for them. Obviously, limited sample size, but seven strikeouts. I think he allowed one run uh, over, I want to say, eight, almost eight innings so far. So he's looked the best out of everybody that they have. Uh, but either way, it's something where with this lineup, you feel like just about every single uh, pitcher is somebody that you can handle. And obviously, you'll have bigger tests as you go on. You do get lucky and avoid you Darvish in this series. So that's always yeah. nice. But just something where you feel like you get the Padres at the right time. You don't, they don't have you Darvish starting. They don't have um, Fernando Tatis in the lineup yet. And the actual Padres offense as a whole hasn't really been doing that fantastically yet. I think they have one guy batting over 300, and that's Xander Bogarts at 409. So you're kind of catching them at the right time. Juan Soto scuffled a little bit. Manny Machado scuffled a little bit and apparently has issues with the pitch clock. So yeah. I feel I feel good about Atlanta's chances to at least win the series. Uh, I think a conservative estimate is two and two, but I think I want to say probably three and one in this one. They'll probably drop one of these four, maybe the bullpen game on Friday. But I think it ultimately Atlanta's going to win the series. If the bats keep going right now, Atlanta batting over 300. The Padres, you talked about their batting was they're batting as a team 234 uh, with a bunch of guys actually batting uh, under the Mendoza line. So if yeah. it weren't for Bogarts uh, hanging out there at uh, just uh, just over 400 and uh, and uh, let's see who and then uh, Kim in there at, at uh, 294. That's the only thing that's kind of keeping everybody else's. At 250 or below so uh it, it could be if the pitching shows up for the braves and the bats show up for the braves definitely three and one if not a possible sweep if they mm -hmm. put up one of those friday night games regardless of who pitches if they put up one of those 11 run nights uh like the braves have been known to do from time to time especially being home series atlanta crowd everybody being excited uh strider could get things started if he's very successful that could set the tone as far as Thursday night is concerned, moving into the weekend. Uh, pitching, hitting, fielding right now, the Braves are kind of hitting on all cylinders. Uh, no major errors to speak of, so that's good. And then, uh, as we said, you know, the assist from Acuna, as well as when they do let a ball drop, all of a sudden they seem to know where to go as far as uh, being cohesive, which is always good. Uh, a little bit of a change if you plan on watching this weekend. Lindsey pointed that out. I didn't even know about the Friday night game. I did know about because ESPN has been plugging it since last week, uh, the Sunday night game. Uh, that's going to be the nationally televised game. But if you want to watch the Braves this weekend, you've got to find a couple of different places to watch it. Yeah, so Valley Sports Southeast has your Thursday game like usual. Friday night is an Apple TV exclusive. And this season, unlike last season, Apple TV baseball games are not free. So if you're not a paid subscriber to Apple TV, uh, you'll have to go to 680thefan.com and listen to, uh, to, to Ben Ingram and the radio call. It's a really good radio call. Saturday, mm -hmm. back to Valley Sports Southeast. And then Sunday, like you mentioned, ESPN for a national broadcast at 7.08 p.m. Eastern. Again, the Braves, PGA Tour Golf, everybody makes it so hard to watch your team. It is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Let's grow the game and let's stick it on 14 different channels and let them guess where they can go find it. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, Apple TV on Friday night, ESPN on Sunday, Valley on Thursday and Saturday. He is Lindsey Crosby. He says three and one. 
I say back-to-back sweeps, which I'd love to see, but that's only because of the pitching rotation that the Padres are having to throw out there, and I think the Braves are able to swing the bats well at home. That's the only reason I'm calling a sweep. I would never do that any other time, uh, and that still may come to bite me as far as the bullpen game is concerned. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's the Braves Today podcast, all brought to you by prizepicks.com, promo code CHOP for your risk-free money. Lindsey, as always, thank you, sir. Thank you.